Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the podcast where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick, back this week, as always, with my faithful co-host, Chris. Hello! I just sort of like put a T on the end of your name. We're here with Chris. Christ. Christ, Jesus Christ. And also Steven is here. Hi, hi, man. Steven t- is here. And we are here today to discuss, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, the bye-bye man. No! Fuck! Fuck fuck me! Oh no, he fucking said it! We've been memeing about this movie, or Chris especially has been memeing about this movie for years. I don't even know how much you've done it on cast, Chris. A A bit, but not as much as in real life. You always like to kind of joke about these movies that are like the blank man and kind of the bye-bye man is your prototype for that, right? Yes, yes. I This is my first time seeing this, though. Yeah, I think the same for all of us. And we will get into everything we're not supposed to think or say about it. But before we do that, as always, we always do a little uh, horror catch-up at the top of the show where we talk about what we've been uh, watching or reading, listening to, experiencing in the horror sphere. What have you guys been up to? I have a uh, podcast to plug, uh, not my podcast, but um, discovered a podcast called Appetite for Horror, um, and this is run by a guy named Brandon, or Brando as he goes on the show, uh, who's a guy who I guess has worked in radio for many years, has a uh pretty large Guns N' Roses podcast, uh, but just decided to start doing a uh, a horror podcast called Appetite for Horror, and it's all interviews. He's the Terry Gross of horror. And he's talked to some people with ties to every horror movie on Netflix movies, such as Michael J. White of Spawn fame. Oh. Mm. Uh, he's talked to David Guy Levy from uh, who directed Would You Rather. Oh. And he talked to Michael Levy, who was an actor in Terrifier and a producer of Terrifier 2. So... So movies Some heavy that, hitters, heavy hitters, heavy hitters. Um, but anyway, I got in touch with him on Twitter and I owe him my life because he interviewed Gail Ann Hurd and I had some Terminator storyboards in my possession that I wanted to know who drew them, um, specifically if it could have been James Cameron. And he uh, did me the big favor of plugging our show and showing Gail these storyboards and had her look at them. Um, and so I'm very thankful to Brando over at Appetite for Horror and if you want some, uh, uh, they're not too long, but some pretty uh, short form uh, interviews with some horror people who are in, in kind of our level of horror, you should check them out. Very cool. So what was the what was the verdict on the storyboards? Probably not, which is sort of what I thought. Uh, she mm. wasn't very conclusive about it, but she said they, they looked authentic, but they didn't look like gyms, um, which is mm. sort of what I was expecting. But it was kind of cool to... to be able to get them in front of her all the way from Michigan. Uh, so, Did anybody else noteworthy work on the storyboards for that, that you know of that it could no, have been? No. And I could talk about this at length um, and I, and I won't, but uh, long story short, there are no other like credited storyboard artists on Terminator. It was a very small production. We know that Jim Cameron did most of the storyboards for the Terminator at different points. Um, 
But we do, uh, some other guy I've been talking to online has some ideas of, of other people who it could have been. Um, and so the research will continue. <laughs> this might end with me pestering a widow saying, hey, did your hot late <laughs> husband draw these? <laughs> and would you like them back? <laughs> so we'll see. How about awesome. you, Steven? What have you been up to lately? Um, not a lot horror wise. I mean, there was our, well, by the time this comes out, we will have moved on to a new book, but, um, I'm almost finished with a certain hunger by Chelsea Summers that we've been reading for the Amon book club. And it's fucking great. I know Patrick, you have probably finished it by now. You were reading along. You seem to react very positively to it as well. I did at first. I thought that you, I thought we were both on the same uh, level where we started very into it and then mm, that faded over the course of the book. I was not a fan in the end, but we're going to discuss it uh, oh. to- tomorrow, but in the, in for the listeners last, last Wednesday. Week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you last Wednesday. Um, oh, it's, it's interesting. I dipped a little bit, maybe like a third of the way through because it's a really, it's really hard to spend that much time with a full-blown psychopath who is so obsessed with her wittiness very unpleasant um, person and, and her selfish pursuits but i don't know i read like 50 more pages and i've been barreling through the rest of it hoping i can finish it in time um i don't know unless the ending completely blows it which i can't imagine i think i would have to recommend you at least give this book a shot um i also finally caught up with smile and it was all right it was pretty good. Yeah? It was like a solid B- minus for me. Uh, it's really well-directed, well-acted, um, cool monster at the end. I didn't think the sort of emotional arc, if that's the best way to put it, really like tied up nicely enough for me in the end. And I think there were moments where it did rely a little too heavily on like well-worn tropes of... of you know, curse movies, which we're very familiar with on this podcast, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, it held my attention and it had a really unique look. And I'm excited to see what that filmmaker does next. I actually the smile was a big hit, so we're definitely going to get something else soon. I that would have we got to talk to Patrick and what he's been watching, but that would make a great segue because I thought of smile a lot watching the don't think don't say it movie. Yeah, I did too. Um, and and this the whole trope of like oh you're cursed and you're losing your mind and we're just gonna like show you a bunch of stuff that isn't really happening and then like cut snap cut to like you in a car screaming by yourself. Um, yeah, and Smile these... does that a lot, which I should have hated, but I thought it was actually kind of fun in Smile, just at how much they committed to that. Like, I don't know. It, 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 once I was like, all right, this movie's just kind of uh, both feet in on being kind of cheap and and silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Well, I have been uh, making my way through The Last of Us 2, which I think I mentioned last episode, and that has been traumatizing me about as much as I expected it to also finished up the last of us TV show along with, you know, 50% of the American population or whatever, um, which I just thought was an extremely impressive adaptation. And I, I told you guys the other night watching the finale, I, I, even though I knew where it was going, I'd played the game. It's one of my favorite endings of anything ever. My heart was still racing and just, I responded very physically to that finale. So good on them. I'm glad that The Last of Us show has been watched more than House of the Dragon. Uh-huh, I saw that today. Because that means they're certainly going to go ahead with production on 
the Days Gone movie slash show, <laughs> which will be a riot for me and only me. <laughs> That's a zombie game as well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of what other sort of ancillary bullshit they're going to end up doing now that this show has been such a hit. I mean, they obviously have a second season's worth of material already laid out for them in the game, but I'm just worried about how much they're going to try and spin other shit out of it. We'll see. Man, you know, I I relate to that pretty majorly because when I played the last... I still haven't played The Last of Us 2. I'm about to prioritize it because I don't want the show and all that shit to get ahead of me. I've been curious about it, but like when I played The Last of Us, it was so satisfying mm-hmm. that I did not want any more story between about these characters mm-hmm. at all. And I thought the world was really cool, and I wanted to see a sequel that had maybe different characters in another part of the country and just used the world as a backdrop. But continuing on with, with Joel and, and Ellie, um, not really interesting to me. But I hear, you know, I've heard very polarized things on The Last of Us 2, so we'll see if I change my mind if I ever play it. Yeah, it is. it has been gripping so far. It's grappling with the ending of the first one in interesting ways thus far. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes with that. But speaking of actually another adaptation, <laughs> let's talk about the Don't Think It, Don't Say It movie, as Chris uh, is calling it, which, you know, I mean, let's just explain this meme off the bat. Like, you're not supposed to say or think about the bye-bye man because then he comes for you. If you just heard me say the, the don't think it, don't say it phrase. He's coming for you. It's already over. The the poster for the bye-bye man says the bye-bye man. And then there's a figure in a, in a hooded coat. And it says on the poster, don't think it, don't say it. 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 That's the uh-huh. poster for this movie. What more do you need to know? <laughs> That's a great, a great poster. <laughs> yeah. Not such a great movie. <laughs> well, 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 we'll get into that. We're going to get into it. So let's do it. Uh, we, we open with one of Chris's heroes. The American, the Australian master, yeah, Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell in a flashback to a massacre in the late 60s where a man is just kind of going on a rampage through a suburban neighborhood, killing people, asking people if they said it, if they thought about it. We don't really know what the fuck is going on. He's not the Ameri- he's not the Australian master. He's the Australian psycho in this movie. And he's murdering with a shotgun bloodlessly because we're in PG-13 territory. Ah, uh, yeah, it is quite bloodless. I did find this sequence gripping though i will say i will give it some credit it had my attention from the start it's a little incompetent some of the uh attempts at steady cam shots in this opening sequence are not quite successful but i still sort of appreciated the basic concept and it was a way to throw me into action quickly lee winnell seems to be playing it for camp a little bit it does feel a little comedic almost it's, it feels a little light, uh, or, or maybe he's just a better director than an actor. But I mean, I thought Lee Winnell's been a good actor in the stuff he's been in, but kind of a slight performance for a man who's killing his family and neighbors and himself. So. I had no idea it was him. I mean, I I guess I I've seen Lee Winnell in things, but I 
I guess not enough to recognize him. I guess I just think of him more as a writer and director. And so like halfway through this, when I was bored as shit and looking at Wikipedia, I like texted you guys, OMG, Lee Winnell is in this, which I mean, I normally wouldn't because spoiler, but he's literally the first thing you see. So not mm-hmm. really a spoiler if you guys hadn't seen it yet. I didn't know it was him and I had seen that part of the film already. I thought he looked kind of uncanny, but I didn't have the energy to look him up. I think the, the film itself was sucking enough the life out of me. To... <laughs> <laughs> so, so he murders, he shoots his way through his, through 60s suburbia, trying to sever all ties to anyone who might have thought it or said it. And then we see like a train coming through the darkness towards camera. There's a very brief, like couple frames of a spooky face. Did you see that? Missed that. No. Oh yeah. There's a little subliminal bye-bye man face before it cuts to present day. And this, I'm going to say right now, I dissociated so many fucking times during this movie. Like, my brain just shut the fuck off so many times. Steven and I were talking about this. It took me at least three hours to watch this 90-minute movie because <laughs> my I'm dead serious. That is not even a joke. It took me at least three hours sitting in front of the television because I wound it back so many goddamn times because I would just start dissociating and paying zero attention to what was actually on the screen, and then I would go back and watch it again. So I technically was sitting in front of this movie for at least two lengths of it. Wow. It it took me two sittings reading the Wikipedia article and watching a recap video to prepare for this discussion to make me feel confident enough that I recalled what happened in this thing. (laughs) A recap video, wow. I have genius level IQ and I watched it in one go and I got it. So (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Chris, an intellectual. (laughs) It's not that we didn't get it it's that it was just very hard to watch and to pay attention to the mind yeah i mean i think i think he's joking about having a high iq i mean it's not like a complicated movie or anything it's just it i just found it so dull a lot of the time that i would start checking out of it like that that opening sequence when i say it's gripping it started on a high note and descended rapidly for me and yeah, generic is, I mean, this, this is just, I, I, this is, I said it on the last episode when, when we picked it, I, like, this is what, what I was expecting was just the most generic mm-hmm. curse movie. And I think it, I think it delivered <laughs> on that. <laughs> it delivered, it, it, it is quite funny at times. I mean, obviously unintentionally, but there is some dialogue in this that is so distractingly dumb that it's almost genius like (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure so it's got it's got at least a little something more going for it than say polaroid um (laughs) or any other number of of curse movies that we've watched for the podcast it it, yeah it it fits in there (laughs) any number of other movies that you guys have watched on weeks that i uh, blessedly chose to take <laughs> off. <laughs> I miss some of the. I mean, Polaroid. You guys still talk about Polaroid, and I have not. I missed that one, so I. I think I did good. So um, we cut to present day Wisconsin, and yeah. we have a, a three young people moving into a abandoned spooky house because they are starting college together and Mm -hmm. this is like you know cheap student housing for them uh trope we've seen before in american poltergeist i think 
Yeah, uh, that comes to mind. Um, and, and you know what? In a spooky house or a curse movie, you got to have a reason for people to be like moving. And you know, you reach into the box. Okay, they're college students. They're they're excited for the new semester. That's as good of a reason as any. Yeah, and they almost immediately. And and again, if I'm going to give the movie credit for something, it's that it doesn't fuck around too much, which is still I don't know. I it's also baffling just in light of the fact that it again lost my attention so many times. But regardless, they almost immediately find a nightstand, a haunted nightstand, a haunted nightstand in the upstairs bedroom the the and i guess we should clarify three three people boyfriend girlfriend and the boyfriend's yeah. bff we male have friend. we have uh elliot elliot oh you're gonna you, you're gonna call him by name it's amazing i'm gonna call him by name elliot you do have is genius our hero. level iq <laughs> uh sasha is his girlfriend who I can't, and that's her personality. I can't really say she has any features except she's the girlfriend. And uh, Elliot, she's sick a lot, and she's also pretty, which yeah. I me- which I mentioned because people mention it often in this movie. She's pretty. That's a beautiful she, girl. And they mentioned she, both of those things. Actually, remember the the um, the greenhouse scene? That was weird. Oh yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in this movie. That's one of the ones that almost feels self aware. And she's sick in, like, you know, the pretty girl way, where she just walks around a lot going, like, <laughs> And wearing a hat. Yeah, and wearing a hat. Um, anyway, El- Elliot has a best friend from childhood named John, who they were on the fucking baseball team yeah. together. This is like, you've never seen best friends that have stuck together through this shit like these <laughs> two. And Elliot has zero anxiety about John fucking his girlfriend. We should say that from the very beginning. John, the thought yeah. would never have crossed his mind. The thought would have never crossed his mind. They're, they grind regularly. <laughs> they 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 seem like the couple, and Elliot seems like the incel third party. But <laughs> we're supposed to expect that John is the incel third party, um, even though John is like six foot five, perfectly ripped, um, and just like. Obviously, he and Sasha have chemistry, and Elliot's just like, no, I, I trust him. He's my brother. <laughs> but, they're, but they're behind, John and Sasha are behind closed doors more often than Sasha and Elliot are in this movie. I think if you yes. were to watch it back and count, I would be right. This is relevant to the plot, of course. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, so it's, relevant. There's not really any misdirection, though, <laughs> involved in this. Uh, but yeah, they find the haunted nightstand, which has a it has a liner that says, "Don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it, don't think it, don't say it." And then underneath the liner, carved into the wood, it says, "The Bye Bye Man." Okay. Don't think it, don't say it, Chris. <laughs> Fuck. Don't think it, don't say it. Then why did the guy write it on the back of the thing so that you have to read it and therefore think it and maybe want to say it? <laughs> he. Good, good question. Good question. <laughs> that boggled my mind. <laughs> Weren't there some coins in there, too? What were the coins about? Haunted coins. Who knows so- what any of the shit associated <laughs> with the don't think it, don't say it creature, why any of this shit happens. There's shit with a train. Train is a recurring motif. Don't know why. Coins are a recurring motif. Don't know why. So we should say that this all is apparently based on a 
urban legend, true story, piece of folklore, I'm not really sure, something that seems to have no real uh, uh, lineage except it's in a chapter of a book called The Bridge to Body Island, uh, which came out and became sort of the kernel for this whole thing. And a lot of the stuff you see that makes no sense, coins, trains, demon dogs, uh, is all from the legend even though not explained at all in Mm. this movie which is kind of cool i guess like especially if you like were familiar if you're one of the few who are familiar with the legend beforehand like if they made a dog lady movie and there's just like scratching on top of somebody's car but they never explained it i think that was cool i guess (laughs) yeah you could easily tie that directly to the dog lady Whereas a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie that's weird is just ancillary and completely unexplained and like difficult to even like like think of your own way to tie it together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean it. To, to me, it almost raises an interesting kind of like I guess philosophical question because some of this stuff seems so non sequitur and I, and I'm just thinking of, so we mentioned that there's this recurring motif of a, of a train, uh, which I guess does have some significance eventually, but it seems to have more significance than that big incident that happens late in the movie. It seems like mm-hmm. that's tied centrally, crucially to the don't think it, don't say it creature in some way. I'm not going to say its fucking name, Good. but <laughs> like I'm thinking in particular of this one scene fairly early on. And these characters all start tripping balls. They're all hallucinating all the fucking time because the don't think it, don't say it man is making them see things all the time. So they're seeing weird visions all the time. And early on we see a weird, I forget which one of them sees this or hallucinates or, or dreams this, but it's a shot of like, again, the train in the dark lighting up the, the dark. And then all of a sudden we see <laughs> the, our three protagonists from behind ass naked in the light of the train and it's speeding up to them from behind and then cut back to whoever it is freaking out about this vision. And it made me think about, of all things, David Lynch, who I fucking love David Lynch. And I could see something like this showing up in a David Lynch movie and me being 100% on board for it. That's fucking awesome. Why did David Lynch think of this? How does it fit into the tapestry of the movie? And it made me actually kind of just ponder, why would I accept that and think that was fucking sick in a David Lynch movie? But in this movie, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? This is stupid. You know? It is. It's like it literally feels like it's just there to spice the movie up. Yeah. yeah. Like and it maybe... feels like it's there to like make it look a little more artsy or something. Like like the like some of these random shots are just sort of plopped in out of nowhere to make you yeah, to make you think, ooh, maybe there's something I'm not getting. You know, there's some subliminal messaging going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. It's 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 like consistent tone, you know, because David Lynch would Yeah make a movie artfully, which this movie is not, and would have a consistent tone where you have that surreal kind of off kilter thing but this is you know essentially a very conventional and not that well made very conventional film that doesn't generally have that sort of surrealist tone to it so when those moments do Mm -hmm. show up it's like okay what are you doing what is this? Yeah, and and nothing really. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't pay off. Like the there's numbers on the train that are very visible. And they're oh, yeah. showing me, and it's like, what what does that mean? Never explained. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know. Maybe like the characters, it shows that like, oh, this is this is a thing. This is a, like actually a true story. Like this is a real guy. You're not going to understand all his ways, but don't think it and don't say it if you know it's good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, the director uh, is not David Lynch. It's Stacy Title, <laughs> uh, who rest in peace. She yep. died very shortly after this. Uh, well, I guess not shortly, but she died in 2021. Uh, this movie's been out since 2017. It feels like it came out two years ago. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of sad. She had ALS. And, yeah. I'm reading that she was determined. This was my big scoop, by the way, but you did find it, Chris. Also, she was nominated for an Academy Award for her short film, Down on the Waterfront, in 1994. Mm. Hell yeah. How do you go from that to this? Uh, what an interesting career. Hmm. Yeah, and I saw a piece on her after her ALS uh, was worsening, and she was determined to make one big, pic- one more big picture. She said, "I'm gonna go out doing what I love," and she never finished the picture. Hmm. She did start one though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if they started shooting or not, but oh, she was okay. working on it when she when she passed. Huh. Um. Yeah, but so we're joined also by um, Elliot's older brother, whose name Virgil. I don't know. Virgil is his name, and he's played by the guy who comes and almost saves the day in Hush. Oh, he looked oh, real he familiar, looked familiar to me. Yeah, but oh. I couldn't. I couldn't place it. Yeah. Um, but that's who he is, and he the boyfriend, has a friend. Yeah, and he has a daughter named Alice. Who get this is played by Jacob Tremblay's older sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Mr. World. IMDB over here. Small world in these curse movies. <laughs> um and, and so like as soon as they move in, they have a big like, you know, a rager and some of the most inscrutable dialogue I've ever heard. Oh, <laughs> Where, and a rager that 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 yeah, he Elliot invites his brother and his niece too. Which right. is yeah. kind of weird that she's just kind of hanging out there like Charlie and Hereditary or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it's a, it's a rager, but there's this like child girl. There. Um, and, and Virgil, because Virgil is like the brother, but he's also sort of the parental figure because Elliot's parents have been killed in a crash, which seems like it's going to be relevant. He's real sensitive. He doesn't want to talk about it. Never addressed again <laughs> once that comes up. Um, but Virgil is like trying to give him some fatherly advice and he's like you know <laughs> your friend wants pe- to fuck your girlfriend <laughs> oh he says that yeah. yeah he's like that 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 doesn't bother you and 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 John and Sasha are having like simulated sex on the dance floor in front of everybody <laughs> and um, <laughs> she's like waving to him while John is like literally as you said before grinding on her from behind <laughs> yeah. um but then he's like you know what brother uh this is this is the only time in your life where you got no responsibilities. You got to study. You got to pass. You got to go to class or something. Like it was like a really weird <laughs> couple lines put together where he's like says st- something that sounds like he's trying to get Elliot to like cut loose, but he's actually telling him to study. It made no sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, this was Elliot- the, this was maybe the peak or the nadir of. I feel like I watched that scene alone like. Five times, maybe, and I still did not absorb half of it. Yeah, un- understandably so. And and Elliot is like trying to. Uh, Elliot is is like 
jealous i think of his brother and his family and his daughter and and there's like character development stuff in the scene but then it never is brought up again so don't even just watch this scene with the sound off you'll miss nothing (laughs) um but alice doesn't miss a thing that's the little girl she goes upstairs and 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 get some coins get some coins i guess she should we drop in some coin effects (laughs) <laughs> Should we give him some coins? Yeah. Or no, what was it in fucking camp? Tokens. 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 Oh, yeah. Tokens and coins. She finds some tokens up there. Yeah. I guess that's of no consequence either, because it's almost like, oh, the little girl's going to like unlock the curse thing, and she doesn't. Because she doesn't right. think it or say it or see it. Yeah. I don't know. This is all over the place. But we do yeah. have a seance scene, which is one of my favorite scenes. It's. Have you ever seen the bad seance scene? I haven't. Including this one, I no, um, not my, not my. Uh, this this tempo. was a bad seance. Scene. No, no, no. <laughs> a seance scene is like a like a pizza. Like it's really hard to fuck up a seance scene in my book. That's interesting. I mean, to me, that's that's it's just so tropey. I I could do without ever seeing a seance scene again. I mean, love I do love even, them even generally. The best seance scene. I could do without seeing another one. You know what? What I could, about the one in Hereditary? Speaking oh, I of hereditary was, again. I was actually just thinking of the one in Ouija Origin of Evil. That's a good seance. Mm. I mean, there are a bunch of them, but I, I like the seance scenes where you're seeing how the seance is bullshit in Ouija Origin of Evil. Mm. No, the seance scene in, in Hereditary is great, but generally not something I have I share Chris's passion for. Yeah, I just I just love the tropes. Lean in; it's comforting to me. It's like watching Liam Neeson movies. More Chris, tropes, the cozier I feel. Mm. I I do feel similarly not about this seance scene, which isn't. I it's not bad. It just kind of it's it's there, like most things in this movie. Have you ever taken part in a seance? Like is no, that like a no, hell no. I have. I would be like. I, would, I think that's why ooh. I find them comforting because it reminds me of being like a teenager or like young adult and getting together late at night with friends and getting the Ouija board out, lighting the candles. It's it is kind of a cozy, cozy spooky feeling. Do you want to talk about your seance? I mean, nothing ever happened. I didn't. I didn't connect with the beyond or anything. But were it's, you who was kind who, of a were you the medium or did you have someone guiding you? Um, I. Any time I've ever done it, which is probably realistically only like two or three times, um, I've just been I've just been a participant. I've had a I've had a finger on the planchette, you know, um, or or the the um, what's the. The light is a feather, stiff as a board thing where you try and lift someone up. That's not a seance. What do you call that? That's like a trust it's, exercise it's at seance like a work like- retreat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we really have the same definition of seance. <laughs> I, I've done... Okay, so I've I've done the thing with the Ouija board where you try and communicate with the dead. Is that technically a seance? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I've done that, but I've not like been asking questions. I've just had... Fingers on the planchette, trying to see if my friends are fucking with me or not, or who's mm. moving it. Mm. That's all I've played. I would like to do it someday. I refuse to do it in my own home, uh, but I will go to someone else's house or neutral territory. Come on over. Sit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, unlike Steven's experience, Kim, the medium in the movie, actually knows her shit. She's a real, she's a sensitive one. Elliot yeah, takes she's, his she's keys. Sasha's goth GF. Elliot's trying to debunk her, and he takes his keys into the kitchen and puts them in a pan, and comes back and is like, "Where did I put? When did I hide? And where did I hide it?" And of course, she knows. Yeah. 
And 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 like everybody starts saying the fucking thing you're not supposed to think or say. Everybody, because nobody knows yet. Nobody knows what a threat it is, and it starts spreading from person to person, including Kim, including John. John goes to hook up with Kim. The medium. Oh my god! And ah, oh my, my favorite god. subplot. I got my notes favorite on subplot that of the movie. <laughs> and before she gets out of his car, she or after she after they hook up, after he has performance anxiety, and they have a hilarious exchange about that in his car. He mm-hmm. looks at her and he sees the worst fucking CGI maggots you've ever seen crawling on her face, and it's not I even those were real. And it's those were real. It looked real. To I me. don't really. Yeah. No. I check your I, eyes, man. Yeah, I, I watched that twice. I'm gonna rewatch it while we're while we're talking about this. But regardless, <laughs> there are like four maggots on her face. I'm like, go for it, go for it. If you're gonna have fucking maggots on the face, like, give me, let them loose, let them yeah, loose. Like, that I want to talk about that exchange be for just a, with maggots. I want to talk about that exchange for just a brief second because oh, yes. like that is something I wrote down because when we're talking about really funny ham-fisted dialogue in this movie. So he like he can't finish or get it up. I couldn't tell which. And he says, "Oh, it's never happened to me before." You know, kind of classic, classic performance anxiety scene. And she says something like, "Yeah, me either." And like she's apologizing because she also can't fuck, which <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> oh, I assumed that she meant like she either i mean i guess you're right that it's kind of ambiguous as to whether he was unable to finish or unable to get it up in the first place but my assumption was like she had never had that happen to her and almost was taking responsibility for that happening in some way maybe it was a weird way to say it whatever it, it was, was exactly weird and they're they're <laughs> like that whole conversation they're just like talk i thought again this is like the pg-13 rating rearing its head because they're trying to have this conversation about sex but in using language that is completely incoherent, like, and, like not what you would use stuff that sort of vaguely paints a portrait of what the problem is, but is still appropriate for all audiences who don't know anything about anything. Um, but yeah, I, you know, so I, I actually liked this subplot a lot. It, it was, it was hilarious to me, maybe unintentionally because I thought, um, the two John and, uh, the, the goth, goth girl, Kim, I thought they had some fun chemistry at the party and there's stuff where like, she's talking about being a psychic medium and they're, they're doing some double entendres and it's all fine. And then they hook up and then he just sees these maggots and he's like, so horrified and He's kind of like, he's kind of turned off by her even before he sees the maggots. But then he like goes home. He like basically kicks her out of his car, goes home, strips naked. He's like, I gotta take a shower. Your friend is gross. Your friend is so fucking gross. (laughs) I am, I'm over here fucking zaprittering this maggot footage and I don't know. I, this is a Mandela effect moment. I think they, I don't know. They, the way they crawl out of her hair so suddenly, they got to be CG. The, you'd have to have the world's best trained maggots to have this moment. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I they just... blew the whole budget on the maggots. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but I was right about the number. There are exactly four, so... And from there, it's basically you have like very boilerplate curse movie stuff. We've got our uh, people who are afflicted by the curse, which is the three plus Kim, uh, plus eventually Elliot talks to a librarian. Um, uh-huh. and, and, <laughs> and they start to realize that. My favorite um, character. 
they start to realize that this is a this is a contagion basically and and if you think it or you say it something bad's going to happen what's the, bad what's going to happen kind of unclear it's go, he's going to come for you <laughs> he's going to come it, for don't you. say it man is going and we should also mention the don't think it don't say it man is played by the the, the great <laughs> Doug Jones <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's got that kind of build, so they called slumming him. Slumming it, slumming it. A man with a particular set of skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Javier must have been busy. <laughs> I did not think that the... Don't think it, don't say it. I did not think that he was spooky. No. Really? He wasn't He wasn't commanding at all, which is weird, because I feel like Doug Jones could just show up in like a... just Even just like a like a black spandex suit with no features and still his physicality is always so interesting that it shouldn't mm-hmm. be spooky and somehow even with his horror makeup and everything all his bye bye man oh god i said it his get up Fuck. in this movie he could have been any actor really. he's, he's well, kind of like the midnight man yeah the moonlight man <laughs> moonlight man yeah i mean some of the weird thing about that is you know you mentioned his physicality and it's hidden under a cloak you know, I mean, yeah. some some of what you right. enjoy seeing about Doug Jones a lot of the time is he plays these like sort of humanoid characters who generally don't wear clothes a lot of the time, and they have these strange movements and gangly limbs. But I mean, you only sort of see his face, um, and and I mean, I will say he creeped me out the first time or two. He would appear like unexpectedly in the background of a shot, and it's like, okay, what is this hooded freak doing in the background? But that that wore it, wore out its welcome very quickly for me. The other thing that never gets old for me is when there's like a coat hanging on the wall and you yeah. think it's a guy or it's in the background and you see that it's got legs and feet, but they don't do anything with it. Or then, you know, you turn on the light, you turn off the light, you see a spooky guy and then it's a, it's a coat. I like that. I never get tired of watching that. Yeah. I like that because it happens to me in real life every once in a great while. If I mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night, you know, mm-hmm. kind of bleary eyed, all the lights are off and then I turn the lights on. And it's fucking Doug Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Just chilling. But yeah, I mean, everybody starts hallucinating, seeing weird shit. And one of the key running hallucinations that we've already kind of nodded to already is all these three protagonists are seeing various versions of like fucking each other, basically. Oh, God. Like Elliot yeah. is constantly seeing like Sasha and John flirting or John's like naked all of a sudden or whatever there's just a lot of weird sexual tension where there's questions of is this real or is it just you know the don't think it don't say it uh influencing his mind um and so he goes to the library because we all love a good research scene (laughs) we all love a good moment of someone not only you know utilizing the great action trope of our you know past couple of decades of watching people type things into a search engine because that's always gripping but on top of that also the character reading aloud what he typed into the search engine to it that we just saw him type into the search engine to explain it to someone else in the movie you know what? I like I like it when libraries are in the movies. That's another trope that doesn't get old for me. I'm sorry. This movie has all the best tropes. Yeah. I mean, I love a library. I just don't I don't need to I don't need to be seeing this. What we don't see often in these movies, but I feel like it's maybe more common in fiction is like the person going to investigate the library befriending the librarian. Oh, the librarian, the librarian becomes a character. Yeah, Wat- Watson Something did Watson? not catch her name. Watkins. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Mrs. Watkins. Um, she's a she's a hoot. A very welcome presence in a little otherwise dry film. Oh, her performance is terrible, though. Oh, it's way off. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's totally miscalibrated. But I loved it. For that. I mean, I, 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 it calls to mind. It calls to question for me. You know, did they just go to the library and like pick the actual librarian from behind the desk and be like, "Hey, do you, do you want to just play the librarian in the movie?" <laughs> Because that's about the the caliber we're looking at. Mm. I mean, no knock on the acting skills of librarians. I've been a librarian. I know a lot of librarians, and God bless them. Some of them are great actors. But she gets some really funny lines in this too. And she says she does say the name out loud. Um, but like, I th- she calls his landline at one point, which also struck me as really <laughs> funny that they had a landline like with <laughs> with the, like the old fashioned like lcd caller id i think yeah. and um and she's just like hey, i'm having some weird thoughts about this bye-bye man and it's just so <laughs> funny i don't know anytime anyone says it aloud in this movie i cackled just really vivid thoughts it's like <laughs> it's it's not impo- it's not an imposing name like right it's ridiculous. it's so, so it's such a silly name that all the weight they give it has a little irony to it that's kind of unintentionally funny throughout. It's kind of like it's almost a, a participatory movie where it's almost like they like it's trying to make you personally afraid to think it or say it. Um, like incantation. That, I kept thinking yeah, of incantation exactly. and being like it's just you know kind of the opposite end of the case study scale because like incantation does this shit and and works i mean to a large degree because of the the weird gimmick of kind of pulling you the viewer into it but this is i mean it's a very similar concept and just does not work yeah because like an incantation if there is gonna be an incantation that curses people like it's probably going to be something kind of arcane like that chant and it's not going to be the title of the fucking movie <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. like the movie's called the bye bye man so like don't you can it. only don't say it you can only not think it or not say it so much cuz it's right there and obviously everyone working on the movie thought it and said it so <laughs> it's not very intimidating they should have demonstrated just it, don't it, think it don't say it i think that would have been fun yeah, that's a long. That's a little. Eh, it's a long. It's a little long it's of a long. title. But I mean, as we demonstrated at the end of the last episode too, though, it's a phrase that like you can easily slip into everyday conversation too. Mm-hmm. It's not some like obscure, strange thing, you know, mm-hmm. that you'd have to go out of your way to learn and then say aloud. Like we needed, we needed more, and we do have like we almost have these scenes, but we 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 needed more scenes where someone's like uh, bye, and someone's like don't think it, <laughs> don't fucking say it. <laughs> if you're thinking of saying it, don't. <laughs> uh, um, fuck, it's making me rethink other titles for like movies that are somewhat similar in being about like a a curse or whatever, like. I feel like Candyman is still creepy. I feel like that like that's that still works even in light of Bye Bye Man ruining this kind of title for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah. Because I because it like conjures to, to my mind at least like the image of, you know, like a creepy like, you know, molesting Candyman. Ice cream man, like a yeah. purveyor of yeah, or an, or an ice cream man or the ice cream man. Great film, Clint Howard. Like the fucking dude spawn kills in 
Spawn comic <laughs> you guys have never read, probably. <laughs> wow, we're doing deep cut Spawn references. Now. It's actually not deep cut, but oh, I, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole right now. Anything um, that wasn't in Spawn, the motion picture, is yeah. cut for me. <laughs> exactly. Or Todd McFarlane. Uh, like, like hell, hell I, I won't. won't. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know Spawn the movie. I know Spawn issue 300, and that's all I know. <laughs> the Empty Man is a title that I think is spooky still, and a much better mm-hmm. movie that has some things in common with this movie. Hollow God. Man. Yeah. Like the idea of oh a man but it's empty. I mean, Ooh. look, it has it has to actually evoke something, you know. Like Hollow Man, you hear that, and that's interesting. That makes you go, okay, what what is this about? The Bye Bye Man, it's like, um, okay, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> I was wait. I thought this was going to end with them summoning the High High Man <laughs> Jesus to fight Christ. the Bye Bye Man. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing scary about like. Okay, I get it. The bye-bye man. Bye-bye meaning, like, you dead boy. But, like, <laughs> bye-bye is not a scary thing to say. No, it's good, not. The That's... good night man. The good night man could work, maybe. The die-die man. How about that? <laughs> I mean, we say bye-bye at the end of, like, every fucking episode of this I know. show. Which, I mean, probably is the part of the show people like most. It's probably the least scary part of the show. <laughs> yeah, it means it's finally over. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, in the library, he finally starts to sort of piece together a little of the backstory to this, which we basically already knew because we saw it. I mean, the the mystery element of this was extremely uncompelling to me because it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. like it's not explained in the prologue that, you know, the 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 don't think it, don't say it phrase has been spreading amongst this community. But, like, you piece it, that together clear. pretty fucking quick yeah. once you start to learn how this works. Like, you don't need this research scene to to understand. Right. Like, I'm, I'm tempted to say, oh, we should we should do spoiler break now. But you, it's clear from the first two scenes of the movie what's, go- what's going on with this mystery. I mean, I would argue it's clear from the poster what's going to happen in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really fucking dumb, simple premise. And learning the backstory doesn't add anything to the mythology except that no. this has happened before yeah someone has said it and thought it and 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 got bye bye and decided yep. <laughs> that the solution was to kill that that die died was, <laughs> this mild-mannered man has decided that there's no hope if you think it or say it and the only thing to do is put you down like a sick dog uh along with everyone else that you talked about it with which apparently i mean i was shot i mean we're it's like pulling teeth for me to talk about the Bye Bye Man. I'm I'm shocked that all these people in the 60s heard this guy talking about this urban legend. It's like, oh, first thing I'm going to do is go to the hair salon and tell yeah. everybody the story. It's so <laughs> interesting. won't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was wow. a real blabbermouth. Yeah. But... Anyway, but but the but the stage at that point is basically set for our you know our our thrilling conclusion, which I guess we'll put in the spoiler room because we gotta put something there. So <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Should we review it? I think I'm ready. I don't know. Is there anything yeah. else we need to talk about? Not yet, I no. I mean there is, but we can just push it into the spoiler room. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, bye bye for now. 
<laughs> yeah, if you want, if you want, if you want to find out, if you want to be exposed to the Bye Bye Man on your own terms, if you do that is now. If <laughs> if you want to learn about the very recognizable multiple name actors who show up extremely late in this movie to do oh <laughs> almost nothing, <laughs> join us in the spoiler room. Yeah, that is something worth spoil worth keeping for the spoiler room because yeah. I have not been so surprised in a movie since the Blue Whale. <laughs> I wow. my jaw did drop. I I knew one person was in this movie. The other one, and the first thing that comes out of her mouth, I I <laughs> lost it. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember her first line. We'll get into it though. Chris, how would you rate the movie? You said you're ready. Oh yeah, and I regret to say I have to give it a screw it. Um, this movie. I'm glad I watched this movie. It's it's fun to meme about. It's not horrible on the grand scheme of things, but it's just it's pretty damn incompetent and disjointed and not satisfying. There's not like a single. Oh, there's all these setups, and I don't think any of them pay off whatsoever. It's just sort of a, a, a arbitrary cascade of scenes around this spooky guy who wears a big coat and the thing i mean you can take everything you need to know about this movie away from the poster that don't think it don't say it is fun and you don't need to see the movie to understand it so screw it how about you patrick oh i mean (laughs) if it wasn't already clear it's a screw it uh pretty generic pretty dull uh the the moments where it was entertaining were i think unintentionally entertaining they were moments that had me screaming and not in a good way this was uh this was quite a ride to the bottom steven i almost want to give it a cue it because it, it there are some really funny moments in this but I'm sure at this point there's a good I feel like I say this all the time there's probably a good supercut online of all the stupid shit that people say in this movie and if there isn't maybe someday if I'm not so lazy I'll put one together for you don't waste your time on this it's terrible it's completely incompetent it feels like it feels like a cynical cash grab. I mean, this was like the early days of the, you know, creepy pasta going mainstream and Slenderman and all that mm. stuff. Um, and I it doesn't have anything compelling to offer that subgenre. So, yeah, screw it. Bye-bye. I want to reiterate that if you're into this sort of creepy pasta movie and you're into curse movies, check out The Empty Man cuz hell yeah. Was, it wasn't the movie I loved. It certainly got its flaws, but I I think it's just similar. It's 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 similar enough to this movie that I can recommend it next to this movie, but it just works uh and is a lot of fun in a good way. The problem is it's it's not on physical release and it's mm-hmm. not on streaming anywhere, so you have to like I think I think you can still buy a rental or buy it on VOD for three bucks or whatever. And I think it's worth doing so if you're into horror and you're into curses and you want to see a movie that sort of has the basic premise of something like this, but goes in like 10 different directions, much Uh like this does, but then kind of pays off. So I'll second that. All right. Well, we're going to say bye-bye for now. Uh, And when I say for now, just for like 10 seconds, we're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to do the thing where we spoil it if you want to hear the spoilers. But before we do that, I will remind you, as always, to give us a follow on your social media platform of choice. We are at AmonCast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Uh, also, go check out our merch store. We just have one item out there, essentially, or one design. There's one piece of Amon art that you can put on T-shirts or coffee cups or whatever uh, whatever tickles your fancy. Coins, and, yeah. nightstands, get yeah. a sticker to put on your nightstand. If you want to get one of those items, whatever tickles your fancy, it's at tpublic.com slash amoncast. And that's amoncast, just like our social media handle, tpublic, T-E-E, public. Also, go to your podcast provider of choice. And wait, hold on. Public is spelled P-U-B-I-C? L-I-K. <laughs> and also go to your podcast provider of choice. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the show. We like to see the feedback when you leave us a review. And the more reviews we get, and especially the better they are, the more it helps people find the show and uh, the more inclined they'll be to listen to it because they can see your stunning review. And lastly, check out our Discord. It's a delightful community of Amon fans and more importantly, horror fans from all over the world. Uh, Just a big chat room, forum full of nerds talking about horror movies, horror books, uh, the latest Amon movies, what have you. And there will be a link to that in our show notes. Your parents might have said... Don't go on chat rooms. You can go on this one. Trust this me. one's okay. It's safe. It's the only good one. All right. We are going to go to the spoiler library and type a few things into the search engine and try and remind ourselves what happened at the end of this movie. And uh, we'll see you there. Okay, we are back from our little spoiler break. We're down here in the spoiler room, and we are ready to spoil everything about the... Don't think it, don't say it. So what happens in the rest of this movie? Well, spoiler alert, they think it and say it. They think it and say it. start there. (laughs) A whole lot. Kim has said it. It's after her, and... She gets run over by a fucking train in one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, funny, but listen. So I don't know. If if you know someone who who was traumatized by a real life train versus pedestrian fatality, as I do, you're shocked in daily life at how often people get run over by a train in films and TV and songs and the sides of beer cans. And damn, <laughs> there's so a lot of trains running people over in this movie. It's fucked up. Not just in the movies. Um, but you're not a bad person for thinking it was funny because it was executed in comic fashion. <laughs> yeah, it's executed hilariously. I mean, any of the horrifying shit that we see in these movies. Well, I mean, actually, that's not true. I was going to say any of the horrifying shit we see in this movies happens to people in real life. That is not true. People do that not is, get routinely attacked by, you know, uh, uh, a moonlight man or whatever. Um, I, I believe that they do. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously in these movies, we often see acts of the violence and, and random terror that are things that happen in real life. Um, and that's why they're horror movies. That's why these things work on us, but you can stage those things in a way that is compelling, scary, disturbing, etc. Or you can stage it in a way that's fucking hilarious like this yeah. when the train hits her and she goes flying like a little action figure. Or like in a train in pet, tracks in pet cemetery when Gage gets hit by the truck. I feel like that oh, was yeah. the very comic in both mm. versions. Well, he doesn't <laughs> in both versions, but you know what I mean. 
in yeah. both versions when that truck comes in on the king cast whenever they have to discuss that scene because that movie comes up often they use the the baseball like do 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 sound <laughs> <laughs> I, re- um, I see i recall that being very effective and upsetting to me but i don't i don't know i don't remember it very well anyway at this point we're like an hour into this movie and i guess um I mean, I guess there's Doug Jones, and I guess there was Lee Winnell, but but really, outside of the prologue, there's been no actors of note in this entire movie. <laughs> no one close to recognizable among the, the teen cast. Nobody. Um, well, I mean, even we Lee Winnell is not, like, recognizable to the layman. No. Right, and Lee Winnell is someone who you would expect to be in, like, a no-budget horror movie, or you know. Um, I mean, hell, like, Doug Jones, even, we talked about this, like, you you wouldn't know it's fucking Doug Jones, you know. But, but you boy, certainly you wouldn't know expect it's... Hollywood royalty <laughs> Faye Dunaway as the widow of the original Bye Bye Man killer. Oh, that's not what we're talking about. No, we're talking about fucking Carrie Ann Moss rolling in as a police detective after Kim gets hit by the train. <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss shows up playing Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> and... and it's cr- the other thing is like Carrie Ann Moss isn't in that many movies, <laughs> right? I was wondering like what is she known for outside of like any Wachowski movie or specifically Matrix movie? She's in stuff, but yeah. like all small stuff, um, which I guess makes it maybe less surprising that she's in this. But it's just yeah, after after you watch this movie for an hour and you're brain dead and you think you have it figured out, <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss shows up and you have an out of body experience. You're like, that's not that's not Carrie Ann Moss. Yes, it is. <laughs> and her, I I could be wrong, but I'm looking back at my notes and I'm pretty sure her first line is she's saying to one of the the, the trio of kids, maybe Elliot. You, shut up! And I'm like, whoa, Carrie Ann Moss is here, and she's screaming at me. What the fuck is going on in this movie? (laughs) I mean, she brings terrific energy, as she tends to. You know, I mean, she's always an interesting actress to to watch. Um, But kind of like I said before we went to the spoiler room, I was was just kind of stunned at bringing her in to do what she does, which is, I don't know, two scenes or three scenes or something, maybe. Mm -hmm. And not like a particularly pivotal character, you know? They're they're good scenes. Um, they underscore the do- the best scene in this movie is when they take Elliot to the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? The best? Oh yeah, yeah. Are you talking about his monologue? Because that was awful. Yes, I loved his monologue. Like, actually loved it. Or ironically, I mean, I, relatively, relatively, I thought it was like the best thing in the movie. Oh, I thought that was so bad. It seemed like he was playing another actor playing a different character from an entirely different movie. Because it's because Wait. it's a good performance and a good scene in the middle of this movie it's that terrible. otherwise doesn't happen. That's not a good performance. He's, he's, he's doing. He's basically th- the way that it would come off to her, a detective or the fuck she is, would be that he is threatening to shoot up a school. Because yep. he's trying to no, tell her, he's, he's trying to tell her he can't talk about the bye bye man by saying, "I have something I can't, I cannot tell you or tell you the whole truth of." Imagine if you were to see the aftermath of a shooting and go home and your kids asked how your day was. Would you tell them all the gory details you saw, or would you lie to them about it so you could spare them the grief or whatever? Yeah, that's, like, not a, that's not a threat at all. He's he is communicates her whole function in this film. She is she's like the 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 detective in Crime and Punishment 
she is a foil to the, the our heroes, and she wants you to think it, and she wants you to say it. Damn it! And I did not expect guys, fucking crime and punishment but to she's be referenced also, on this episode. But he's also been suspected and and acquitted, I guess not formally, of murder in that scene, though. And yeah, she's like, "There's something else going on here. I need to know what it is." And he's like. Listen, basically, in that scene, he's under suspicion He's of being like, oh, res- like he's holding back information to stop a crime. And then he's like, listen, I want to tell you, but like, you don't know what you're asking for. And he then he breaks it down to her in relatable terms. And she's like, okay, I think I get it. There's some things that you just can't talk about or think about or say. Here's, here's what that scene, here's what that scene was giving me. It was giving me community college theater class. Like you're, when you're assigned a monologue that had big, like this kid surely found this monologue, like this actor, I'm talking in the reality of the movie. I feel like this actor, this is a scene from a different movie that we don't know about that he thought, wow, that's a great fucking scene, great performance by this actor, and I'm going to try and replicate this actor's performance. And he does. It doesn't fit in, and it's not good. Well, I'd rather see that movie, because I liked it. I would like to see that movie, too. I would like to see a movie where somebody gives this, and it fits into the context, and somebody performs it well. It felt just insanely incongruous to me in this. So, but this is actually sort of the introduction of where the movie I think is trying to go thematically, which it do- doesn't work at all, at all. But like, there seems to be some shit about like mass violence and like school shootings are men- are mentioned twice, uh-huh. and they're like uh, uh, Carrie Ann Moss has something where she's like. You know, people just snap. People kill people. And, you know, what if there's a bigger reason why that we don't understand or something? And, like, I think they're trying to say that the bye-bye man is actually responsible for every mass shooting or something, which Mm. is kind of crass. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. In that scene, I just didn't buy that she bought it. I would be like, okay, I thought you killed this girl, but it checks out that you didn't. It was an accident. But now you're talking to me about fucking school shootings? Like, what, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah, that would What are you up to? I, I was also yeah. fascinated in that scene. Uh, that that scene blew my mind. I The whole thing sucked. <laughs> I w- the other thing about that scene that really blew my mind was... Uh, so you set up this whole thing where Kim has been killed by the train. And the uh, engineer on the train has seen Elliot chasing Kim with a hammer right before she gets killed. And it's because super logically he finds the hammer that she's been killing people with before she comes to see him to stop them from like spreading the word of the don't think it, don't say it. So he chases her down with a hammer, which like what, just leave the fucking hammer in the car. If you see the bloody hammer in the car, don't touch the hammer that she just fucking killed people with to be like, oh hey, you do this, this you, you know. But he chases her down with it, and so like he gets brought in because Carrie Ann Moss is immediately like, the witnesses of this say they saw you chasing her with the fucking hammer, like chasing her to the train. You were trying to kill her, and and like within minutes. You know, I mean, because this this is an insidious manipulation of the bye bye man. Uh, oh fuck, I did it! Don't think fuck. it, don't say he it. Said it. He I know I'm thinking it. <laughs> this is the manipulation of the don't think it, don't say it, and and it's just diffused. Yeah. Um. Literally, a moment later, when she's like, "Oh, the and how I forget," like they realize, uh, "Oh, oh, Kim left a note 
confessing to the murders and saying she was planning to kill Elliot too. And so Carrie Ann Moss literally one moment later is like, oh, well, I guess you're off the hook, but yep. it's just, it's just like tension and release in the, in the most insanely quick fashion. Baffled me. Yeah. No yeah. one's saying it, it works in the movie, but Hey, I like the scene. It was entertaining. Say? I'm with you. Like it was, it was kind of fun watching these two go toe to toe and Elliot, the actor playing Elliot, trying to act well against Carrie Ann Moss and actually good actress. <laughs> but she probably directed that scene for all intents and purposes. Probably. Anyway, so now the the the, the stakes have been laid bare. We know from the library that Lee Winnell was a newspaper reporter who investigated a horrible slaying that was caused by don't think it don't say it. And he went mad and uh, decided that he had to kill everybody, as we know, who who encountered it to to stop it. You got it's like a, a controlled burn on an invasive species. <laughs> you got to stop this thing from spreading through force. We find out that he has a a widow that Elliot goes to visit, and the widow widow is, as Stephen said, um, Faye Dunaway, Oscar winner. unrecognizable unless you've seen Faye Dunaway like at the Oscars in the last 10 years but but it's her yeah and the less said about that the better um yeah oh we get to see her briefly catch on fire right that was fun that was amazing (laughs) which turns out to just be another bye-bye man oh fuck don't think it don't say it hallucination caused by the don't right don't say right yeah so then we have the big like we have like this big hell yeah moment where Elliot is like you know what I've got this figured out I know I know the bye bye man's tricks he makes you see things that aren't there don't trust what you see he's I'm not afraid of this bye bye man we're giving him power don't think don't say it Chris fuck guys I've been saying it all uh, we're fucked. So it's it's very uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in this scene. He's like, you know what? Like oh, all you gotta yeah. do to put oh. this guy away is to take your power back from him, and that's what yeah. I'm gonna do. And he's he he issues a challenge to the don't or I'll fucking say it because he's strong in this moment. He says, "All right, bye bye, man. Come on out. Like you got any other tricks besides making me see crazy shit that makes me act up? Do you?" And then so he goes off to go back home and confront the the, the bye bye man and and it's all gonna be good. This has no relevant. There's no fucking relevance on the rest of the movie because right. the rest of the movie is him seeing hallucinations and falling for him and killing people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He comes home and immediately walks in on John having sex with Sasha, which was a hilarious scene. Also, and like- decides this is real and in fact it's so real I'm gonna like. No, actually, they're not having sex at that point. He's uh, they're they're stabbing each other with scissors. What? Wait, no. What? He walks no, he... in and he but he hallucinates hearing and seeing them having sex. That's yeah. before he sees Faye Dunaway, isn't it? I think it's after. Because he, yeah, it's he hits, the game. Because he hits John in the head with a baseball bat, and he's tied up for several scenes worth of movie. Oh. Oh, okay. And, the, and during those scenes, he's out talking to Faye Dunaway. Yeah, I forget. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Order. Then he comes home. He runs over the librarian in the street <laughs> on the way. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, Big Halloween he, 2 fake Michael Myers energy. There. Yeah, yeah. He arrives home to see um, what appears to be John, I think, stabbing the girlfriend with scissors. And he fights John, ends up shooting John. Everybody Again, is hallucinating that everybody is everybody else. 
which is kind of fun. Kind of like that. Doesn't part. John also hallucinate the dead girl too? Some somewhere yeah, during this. Yeah, he mix? thinks yeah. he thinks that the girl. The reason he he's Sasha trying to kill the Kim. girlfriend. Yeah, he thinks Sasha's Kim. That's why he's trying to stab her with scissors because she's all spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's hallucinating. Elliot shows and up. Meanwhile, he's the Sasha one who thinks knows. he's John. I think right. Thinks Elliot right. is John. Yeah. Yeah. So. Elliot shows up and we're like, okay, well, Elliot knows he's like, this is all hallucinations. Don't believe anything. We have to come together and fight the bye-bye man. But he doesn't say any of this shit. He just falls for the hallucination and he Mm -hmm. shoots John with a gun who turns out to be Sasha Mm -hmm. and John, which is another hilarious execution too, because like you could, (laughs) you could do that in an interesting way. And I guess this is interesting, technically. You could do this in an effective way or a way that felt uh, more more chilling, sort of more natural or supernatural, I suppose. But it's just a POV shot from Elliot's point of view of him having shot John, right? Who's he mm-hmm. hallucinating? John. Yeah. No, he's hallucinating John. Yeah. And, and so you see, like, John, you know, the light go out of John's eyes. and He falls off to the side. The shot lingers on just, like, Elliot's view of the ceiling and then slowly he like lifts just kind of like props Sasha's dead body up from the floor it's it's so I don't know it just felt very awkward to me it's like there's a different way to do that I think and this did not work if you want to see all this shit done better watch X-Files season 3 episode 17 pusher (laughs) it's very good okay um but yeah so basically Elliot murders his girlfriend John's dying at the hands of Sasha before this, all because of these hallucinations that one scene ago we said we're not going to fall for. Mm-hmm. So very frustrating for me. It's it's really cinematic malpractice. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that out there. It's frustrating, mm-hmm. but at this point I'm looking at the runtime and I'm like, we are almost out of here. I don't give a fuck what happens. <laughs> you see the bye bye. Don't think it. Don't say it. You see this thing come out of the closet with his demon dog. Demon dog snacking on the Sasha's demon. Face. We haven't even okay. talked about the demon dog. There's a big fucking hairless CGI hound that shows up with this fucking dude every t- like not every time but often, and that is also completely unexplained. It's right Guys, up there if- with the coins and the fucking train. Like, why does he have a giant? meat dog i made an effort to understand the urban legend that this is all based on and i read several explainers and i'm even more confused like if you thought this movie was hard to follow try reading one of these explainers about the legend of the the don't think it don't say it because Mm. it's it's complete it's too complex too much lore for me about this guy but he does have Mm. a demon dog well and the demon dog is like clearly bad cgi added after the fact and there's a moment where like somebody just walks by the demon dog and it looks like it was just inserted after the fact and the actor did not know that it was going to be there and like <laughs> almost could have like tripped over it if it were a real dog. It's so fucking weird looking. So weird. And then uh, basically our hero, you know, our hero's brother comes to the house and tries to help. Our fr- Long story short, Elliot kills himself in in uh, earshot of his brother and the house burns down because he's like afraid. He he's reached this point where like he can't. It's like it's, it wants to come out of his mouth. He's like the 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 so the, the bad the, the bad man the bad man the bye bye man like don't point. fucking say it. I've been saying it all up. I don't, don't care. Think he can come it. for me. Come for oh me. my god! Yeah. I'll be thinking it while I fall asleep tonight. The bye bye man like lurches forward and like presses his index finger against Elliot's head, and then after that, Elliot 
cannot stop saying it or thinking it out loud. And it's one of the yeah. most embarrassing acting performances I've ever seen in my life as he's just like, like as if he has, as if, as if he has bye bye man Tourette's and just keeps saying, but covering his mouth while he's saying it. And like, it, it's, it's completely the, ridiculous. This coming from the only person on this show who's made no effort to pretend like he doesn't want to say it. <laughs> He's Dude, maybe, but I'm not, but I'm not also like oh, Stephen's forehead. Like I'm not like I wish you my were. mouth as I'm saying. I wish it. you would. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's all good. He's you know. It's, it's yeah. You thought that was good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It's like yeah. It's stuff. like me on this show, and I'm gonna say something that's gonna get us canceled. <laughs> it was just. It's like really. It just struck me as like very very comical for. Um, this climactic scene for him. Oh yeah, because like while he's doing this, he's raising a gun to his head. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah, and meanwhile, Virgil's outside. Uh, this is something I. This is a trope in horror movies that I absolutely cannot stand, which is when a character just cannot stop themselves and be calm for half a second. And try and rationalize, however crazy they might sound, to the person on the other side of the door who's trying to help them what is going on. He doesn't even say, look, there's a thing in here, and you don't want to deal with it, and you could die. He's just like, I'm not opening the door. Go away. Go away. Over and over again. And it drove me fucking crazy. Use your word. He's in a bad mental state. He just shot his girlfriend to death, and he's about to say it, and he's thinking it, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess like, what else do you do? But it's hard. It's hard to watch, and not in a way that's like fun or um, exciting. Um, but that's it. I mean, basically, so 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 everyone's basically dead. Well, not brother- quite. It. We have no. a really stupid red herring, like fake twist ending before the actual twist ending. Virgil and his daughter are driving away. She has run off into the bushes to go pee because she really urgently had to go to the bathroom during this whole encounter and she's like i have some coins and Virgil's like well where'd you get those from and she's like i found them and of course we know this is like the the hallmark of of the don't think it don't say it but wait why is it oh because she found the she found the nightstand which 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 (laughs) elliot dramatically throws away at one point (laughs) in the movie she finds the nightstand and she's like oh there was some writing on it and the dad's like, well, what did it say? And she's like, you know, I can't read in the dark, silly. What do you think I am? A flashlight? Oh my big, god! Big, big dramatic yeah. moment there. Big yeah. dramatic moment there where you're like, you're sure she looked and then read this? Yeah, thing. it's dramatic no. if you fucking care, and I didn't at this point. So I'm like, this oh. is like false tension. But when she said, "What do you think I am? A flashlight?" <laughs> Who, what kind of mind writes something like that? What kind of mind thinks that that's how children or anyone would talk? I mean, possibly the little girl. Maybe she wrote it herself. Well, then we cut to, then we cut to a flashlight beam on the ground next to the nightstand by the investigators. And we see that the nightstand's still there, yeah. sitting by the garbage. And I feel like that's where the movie was supposed to end. And, and- the flashlight read... The flashlight read the the words and thought them and said them. <laughs> Damn, it was cr- it was very clever what they were doing. Actually, <laughs> it uh, was a sentient flashlight. Mm-hmm. I would be happy if the movie had ended there, and and you know we know that the cursed nightstand's still out there, waiting for someone else to stumble upon it. 
It would have but, ended sooner, and I would have been down with that. Yeah. But, but no, we, we got to have somebody else say it. We got to have somebody else. So it turns out John, stabbed to death by crazy girl with scissors, is still alive. Barely. And he's being loaded onto an ambulance. And Carrie Ann Moss shows up, and she's like, no more. She's playing bad cop now. She's playing fucking, um, uh, oh, fuck, Jim Smith of the Ontario Provincial Police. <laughs> and she goes up, he goes up, and she says, you listen to me, you son of a bitch. I want the name. I want the goddamn name. And John, so weakly, says, and does he say it? No. No, I don't think I don't think he even bubba buzz, does he? he oh, he does. I don't think we actually hear or see him say it, do we? He bubba bubba. I don't yeah, recall. Yeah. He, I thought says, it was, I thought it was a kind of thing where he like leans over into her ear and you can't see his oh, mouth, but you know what's yeah, happening that's, basically. I think you're right. I yeah. think, oh my god, I had a, I, yes, I had a hallucination. I had the he got to me because I said it and thought it. I had a hallucination that she leans over and he goes, "Baby, I got the blues." He basically says it, but like doesn't say it at the same time. It's real weird. Like you can tell he's saying it, but the audio is like not actually the thing that he's not supposed to say. Yeah, it's 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 their lost in translation moment. <laughs> he he leans over and says Bill Murray <laughs> and then just like honey starts playing credits <laughs> don't think it don't say it don't think it don't say well, that's it the, I, this should have had a blues it, song over it. the credits with don't think it don't say it and, and oh, harmonica okay speaking of music and not to prolong this but the scene where he's listening to bye bye love uh-huh. while like driving urgently i think to go find faye dunaway is so fucking funny and like gradually ramps up to singing it like a fucking maniac yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's, it's like a weird like 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 I don't want to say new metal. It's a weird like pop. It's like punk a punk cover version. Of, yeah, of yeah. Bye bye love. It's real bad. Yeah, yeah. And that was hilarious. Well, I still want to see a sequel where Carrie Ann Moss is a cursed cop detective trying to not think or say the bye bye man after she's been cursed, and it's but spreading through the precinct, and she has to kill all the other cops. I mean, that maybe that is the explanation of her showing up so late in the game. Maybe they thought she was their fucking like Nick Fury, and she was going to like headline the you know don't think it, don't say it too or something. <laughs> I want better for that, Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> Did you see the post credit scene where she goes down to a train station and sees the Bye Bye Man and no. she says, "Hey, I'm building a team. We've got <laughs> we've got the High High Man, we've got the Moonlight Man, the empty we've man. got Slender Man, we've got the Enemy we got the we empty got, Man, we, we got Annabelle, Hollow <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's the movie uh, I want to see. Better movie, yeah." I'm down for that. I also love how we like didn't talk about Faye Dunaway whatsoever because she doesn't fucking do anything. You hire Faye Dunaway to do almost nothing. I mean, we we talked about her enough. I mean, so briefly, but I mean, yeah, she's she tells only, she's in it, in it so briefly. briefly. She's in it less than Carrie Ann Moss. And like, she's, what's the story there? Like, what is what is Faye Dunaway's deal? <laughs> Why is she in this movie? Basically, she, the the twist, if there, I mean, it's not even a twist, but the little revelation, I guess, is that Lee Winnell spared her from hearing the name. He never said the "Don't think it, don't say it." No, no, her, no. So she I don't mean know what it is. I don't mean the character. I mean, why is Faye Dunaway? In this oh, movie? yeah, no, no I. 
your guess is as good as mine. What's going on in her life? Medicare doesn't cover everything, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Holy shit. Well, Well, let's cleanse our palates in a couple weeks, boys. Yeah, where are we watching, Steven? It's your turn to pick. We're going to watch Ouija Origin of Evil, goddammit. Ah! Ah! <laughs> yes! Yes! Just for you, Chris. No, yes! I love the, I love it, too, and I'm excited to revisit it. I just, I, we need, a, we need a major palate cleanser. We've been striking out lately. I mean, except for Raw, which we know is great, right, going into it. Um, yeah, we need something tried and true. All right, well, we're watching Mike Flanagan's Ouija Origin of Evil... Did you just think of that because I referenced it, or did I just happen to reference it after you had already picked it, Stephen? Well, you mentioned it on the last ep, so that's how it was on oh, my radar. I? It was on Netflix, mm. and I was like, oh. it's got to be something that we haven't seen that's more interesting. Not looking like it, guys. So we're watching Ouija. I rewatched that so recently. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one. Chris so and I sad. saw that in the theater. We saw it on the encore screen. We did. (laughs) All right. Well, we will be watching Ouija Origin of Evil in two weeks from now. Thank you for joining us for this discussion of Don't Think It, Don't Say It. Final reminder, follow the socials, Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. Buy our merch, tpublic.com slash Amoncast. Check out the Discord. And, you know, you can't think or say the name on the Discord either. Don't be coming into the Discord with that bullshit. Better put that shit behind a spoiler tag if you're going to say it. Oh, shit. I got one more thought on the bye-bye, man. Oh, for, for don't think it. Don't sake. say it. Don't. No, no, no. Because here's the thing. What does the bye... What does it do if it gets you? It seems like the solution to not getting got by the bye-bye man is to kill yourself and all your friends, which is also what happens if the bye-bye man gets you. You kill yourself and all your friends. What the hell? Hmm. All right. Sorry. I don't understand. Oh, I have a I have a note on this movie that I have not addressed so far, which is <laughs> we're going into and, overtime. And I think oh I I, I think I I think I really truly did hallucinate, but I wrote down animated wallpaper. Does that mean anything to you guys? Yes. <laughs> oh yes! my god, I laughed so hard because the yeah, there's the the wall. I forget what's on the wallpaper wolves or I don't something. The context, and one of them, I remember the image. one of them like animates and turns into the skinless meat dog and just like turns its head to look yeah. at the viewer slash the character. Yes. It's yes. hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's like the opening of the White Lotus season two. The credits. It's so <laughs> fucking weird. Oh, this movie. Oh, okay, I'm glad you reminded me of that. That was great. That was great. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. For every yes, horror movie on Netflix, it. I'm Patrick. Don't think it, don't say it. I'm Chris. Don't think it, don't say it. I'm Steven. Bye-bye, man. <laughs> no, don't think it, don't say it. Ah!